Hey, it's Jen again, and this is episode four of Diary of the Brokenhearted. And I'm continuing my story from last week. Um, last week, I was talking about my story with disappointment and depression and anxiety. So I want to continue from where I left off. And um, I was talking about um, driving to church, having a t- uh, panic attacks. And um, like I said, it would always happen right when I got off the highway and I was on my way to the church. And it was so crippling that at times I would stand, uh, sorry, sit in my car outside of the church for literally half an hour or so before I even walked in because I couldn't walk in. And sometimes I would have to message my friends and be like, hey, convince me to walk in. Tell me why I should go inside. Convince me, please convince me. Because the thing is, I, at that time, I was dealing with a lot of pain. One, I was disappointed with the fact that um, I was 25 years old and still single and not a mom. And uh, the fact that so many people were prophesying to me that that season of my life was going to happen and it wasn't happening, that it was supposedly around the corner. That was and has been the longest corner I've ever heard of in my entire life. This man seriously needs to go ask someone for directions or get a GPS because like absolutely ridiculous is 2021 dude figure it out (laughs) but like it was just you know this constant like breaking down like me just being broken down broken down by things that were happening around me in the world and and at that moment I started to get why people say how can God exist if there's so many bad things in the world and at that moment I started to question that I was like how are you good if the people I love are hurting and running away from you and you're not chasing after them? I was like, how are you good when you've promised me a spouse and children and I'm still here begging you for it while everyone else who literally started coming to church maybe a week ago suddenly are engaged in getting married? I know that's an exaggeration, but just bear with me. That's how it felt. So um, I I had so many questions in my head. I'm like, how are you good? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me that you're good when I've done everything you've asked of me and nothing. Like, there has been no nothing from it. Nothing. Nothing at all. Um, at least that's what I thought, right? I kept thinking that you know, what everything I accomplished wasn't good enough or anything that God had given me wasn't enough because I didn't have what my heart desired most. And the crazy thing is I got to the point, like I was so depressed that I got to the point where my parents used to have my um, diplomas hanging in the living room and I hated looking at them. Like I looked at them and I was like, you were a waste of time. And because of you, I'm still single. And because of you, you took up all my time and I wasn't able to do anything I ever wanted because it's your fault. And I, yeah, I yelled at diplomas, just whatever, just bear with me. But I would get so mad every time I'd look at them on the wall. And one day I clearly heard God say, take them down. And I was like, yes, (laughs) I'm taking these down. I was like, they're getting off the wall. I don't have to see them every day. Like I can watch TV without them being in my face. And he's like, put them in your room. And I was like, 
uh, like hide them like under my bed or like, what do you mean? And I clearly heard him say, I want you to hang them on the wall in your room so then you could see them every day and remember that you accomplished this because of me. <laughs> like what? I was, I, I just, I, I swear I sat there like, bro, you're joking, right? Like, Seriously, you know how much I hate these freaking things. But it was that, like, you were able to accomplish this because of me. So you're going to put them up so you can look at them and remember what I was able to do through you. So I'm like, okay, fine. And I hung them up in my room and I put my uh, grad caps because I have those two hanging on my wall so I can see them every day all that kind of stuff but I just kept getting angry because I'm like I don't have what I want because I went for what the world saw as success but the thing is like I always felt in my heart that that's what God wanted me to do he wanted me to do school like that because he wanted me in in the spaces and the platforms that other people can't be in unless they're a part of that community so it, it got to the point where I, you know, I was like, okay, fine. Like, yeah, yeah, these are great accomplishments. That's cool. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, I still don't have what I want. And I kept seeing the people in my life just fall apart and, and disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. I would speak to the people that I love about what I was going through and it was uh oh you're going through that oh you're dealing with that and it was just just these responses of well you gotta deal with it oh well you gotta do something about that and it was this weird, or it was the other extreme of like, you just need deliverance. You know, you need someone to pray over you and get those demons out. And in my head, I was going, I swear they're not demons. <laughs> because I'm still here talking to Jesus and I'm still hearing him. And he's still trying to work with me. And he was so beautifully patient because I kept telling God how much I believed he wasn't good. And he just kept sitting there listening to me. Like straight up. I was like, yeah, you're not good. Sorry, I don't believe you're good. I believe that, yeah, you're you're faithful. Yeah, I believe that, well, maybe not necessarily faithful. But I was like, yeah, I believe that, you know, you can perform miracles and you can do great things. And that, you know you love us, but I don't, I don't know if you're good. I really don't know that because why aren't you stopping the people I love from messing up? Why aren't you stopping me from messing up? So my disappointment stemmed from, again, perfectionism because, because my world didn't look perfect. So therefore I was disappointed. Therefore it planted seeds and made me depressed. That's That was literally the cycle. And I'm telling you, the only thing, well, not the only thing, but sometimes the thing that would calm me down in the middle of a panic attack 
was worship. And the thing is, it just reminds me of David and Saul. But then again, Saul was being, well, no, kind of accurate because Saul was being tormented by demons. So it kind of works, kind of makes sense. But like there was this one specific song, Beautiful Jesus, that always snapped me out of a panic attack. And it was the specifically the line that says, Holy Spirit, won't you come and dress me in your thoughts? Pick out your favorite ones. I'm holding out my heart. Literally, that line always snapped me right out of it. And it was thanks to a friend of mine because she told me, choose a song that will be your song, your anxiety song. So whenever you feel that way, you play that. Especially if there's no one around to help you get grounded, do that. And honestly, it was the most helpful thing. And especially because... (laughs) sometimes the people that you trust um with your moments of anxiety could actually be the cause of your anxiety it's it it's this weird dependency or codependency that happens of like they get the hero status because they can get you out of it or out of a panic attack while you're you always look for them because you think they're the solution when in reality it it's just this weird need to have someone. I don't know if that makes any sense, but again, like I said, my biggest disappointment came from the fact that I was still single. So that's the reason why I looked for comfort in ways that made no sense like in way in people that weren't meant to give it to me and where can I go with this I'm trying to actually make sure that this all makes sense but so fast forward so 26 was also terrible 27 was horrendous um it's like every year got worse and I got more and more bitter more and more miserable as time went by my birthday became the day that I hated the most um during those seasons during those years um I absolutely hated my birthday like absolutely hated my birthday whenever it would come along I'd be like oh great (laughs) another year to remind me of what I don't have and I know, I, I don't know if anybody that's listening can relate to that. And I feel like some of you can, but the older you get, the the more you're constantly reminded of what you're lacking. And I just want to remind you that just because you're quote unquote lacking something doesn't mean you're not worthy of something. So like, I, like I'm saying, if for just to use this example, just because you're lacking a relationship doesn't mean that doesn't make you unworthy of one. It just means that it's not the right timing yet or it's not it yet. So that's something that you have to keep in mind as well. It's all about the right timing, I guess. Um, still learning that myself because I have no idea. Um, so don't quote me on it. But um, my 28th birthday came along. And I was living in Redding, California uh, at the time that I was turning 28. That whole year, I was in the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. No, it's not Hogwarts. (laughs) But um, 
I was there for the whole school year and my birthday's in May. So May comes along and I find out that the um, knighting ceremony will be on my birthday. For anybody that knows me, um, for me, anything that has to do with, again, like I said in the other episode, Disney, Disney freak over here, um, anything that has to do with royalty and princesses and knights and all that kind of stuff, that's my stuff. Like, I love that kind of stuff. It's, it's literally my element. Like, I will love to walk around a castle with a crown on and just act like I own the place. Yes, I know that sounds a little weird. Or actually, for those of you that read fantasy, it's not weird because book talk is all about us wearing crowns while reading our books but anyways I digress um <laughs> now that now you all know I'm part of book talk um but like I love that kind of stuff and that day they were doing a knighting ceremony which means they grab a sword and they lay it flat on both your shoulders and they do this as a symbolic thing of passing on um, their spiritual mantles um, onto the students. So everything that they've gained spiritually, they're kind of passing it on to you. Um, and it, I was so excited because I'm like, it falls on my birthday. If that is not God calling me a queen, I don't know what is. And it literally was the best day of my life. <laughs> I have videos and pictures of it and everything. And that day redeemed my birthday for me because it reminded me of who I was. It reminded me that regardless, like I said before, regardless of what I lack, that doesn't mean I'm not worthy of, of something. Just because I lack a relationship doesn't mean I'm worthy of love. Just because I lack a relationship doesn't mean I'm, I'm unworthy of of affection, of attention, of connection, of all of that stuff. So it, it was this beautiful realization for me in that moment, especially because my favorite verse in the Bible is Isaiah 62, 3, where it says that you are a crown of beauty in the hands of your God, a royal diadem in the hands of your Lord. Um, a royal diadem is straight up a queen's crown. So it's like this over the top. It's not just a regular tiara. It's a queen's crown. And that is what we are in the hands of God. So to me, it was like that realization of that verse. So my favorite verse became reality to me that day on my birthday. And let me tell you, God is very, very intentional about the way he does things. Um, my 29th birthday um, was here in Canada. And I remember telling God, like challenging God, like, I don't know how you're going to one up this. So my 29th birthday was actually during during the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so it was a drive-by birthday, but my friends were literally made my day for my birthday. I was given such treasures because I actually didn't have connections with these people, with this community of people for a very long time. And then that like that year that I came back home, it, it, it brought them back to me. So, excuse me, it was a big deal. So again, yeah, I know I sound like I'm no longer talking about disappointment, but I'm going to get there. Uh, 30th birthday comes along, <laughs> still no one. And um, uh, my friends, again, sweetest things in the world, they made my day. 
Um, but there were aspects of that day that were very disappointing and very heartbreaking. And it was really difficult for me to be fully present in that moment. Um, especially because I started to discover that the reason why I became so bitter for so long is because I had actually given my love to someone, like I had fallen in love with someone that never actually reciprocated it back without me realizing, like I didn't even realize I fell in love. And since they never reciprocated it back, it was horribly painful because I const I, I literally from 29 to 30 that whole year I walked around feeling useless again feeling helpless again feeling like I wasn't enough and I didn't know why and then I realized it was because I had placed my affections on someone that wasn't it <laughs> and again disappointment so disappointment came back, but it came back in a different form. It came back in a, in a look, you messed up. So now you should be disappointed with yourself and not God. Because before I was disappointed with God. I was like, oh, you're not doing anything. You're not good. But then this in this season, it was disappointment with myself. It was like, you need to hate yourself because you screwed up. You need to hate yourself because you're the reason why you're still in this position because you actually fell in love with someone that you weren't supposed to fall in love with. You fell in love with the wrong heart. So because of that, now you're still alone. You're 30 years old, no marriage, no children, still alone. So disappointment has come back. <laughs> I don't want to say came back because it's not really past tense. This is something that I'm trying to work through. But it's come back. And it's really just messed with my head. And I realized that I actually had to heal from something that started almost a decade ago. And that's the worst part. Like, it's like, sweetheart, you buried your feelings for so long that it got to the point where now everything that you buried is spewing out and as each thing comes out as, as each thing like starts to get pulled out it hurts and I mean it hurts it is a horribly painful so I want to end this episode with praying for anybody that that is going through that that is going through the consequence of their disappointment and the consequence of being disappointed with themselves or with God so put your hand on your heart <laughs> and I want to speak to our hearts my love I know you're disappointed and I know that you're hurting and I know that this has been the worst possible pain that you've ever felt but I know I know I know I know that God has a plan that regardless of this terrible pain the most beautiful 
flowers will grow from the soil. I know that he's going to turn our mourning into dancing. Even if that means we're still dancing with tears running down our faces, he will give us joy again. In Jesus' name, I cover your heart and I cover your mind and I cover your thoughts and I declare that everything that's meant to be yours will be yours regardless of how much time it takes. You are loved. You are seen. And I know... I know that the best is yet to come, even though it feels like it never will. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.